Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a sometimes fortnightly, sometimes monthly podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. I'm your host, Frank, and this is another one of my first look episodes. But listener, if you were hoping for Peter to be on this episode, I'm afraid he's not going to be joining me. Uh, the, The effort of will it took him to avoid spoilers for The Boundary Beyond has... Uh, rendered him unwell and he's actually at home in bed feeling sorry for himself and I think he's already looked at the heart of the elder cards anyway Peter being Peter but he might be back later in the cycle but luckily I have someone else joining me uh it's me Sean hi hi Sean star of Mythos Busters host extraordinaire welcome uh thank you for having me I'm I'm happy to be here this just confirms my long-held rule that only hosts from Mythos Busters whose names begin with the letter S are allowed on Drawn to the Flame. So we've had Scott and now you. Um, I'm looking forward to Snick and (laughs) Sian down the line. It's a worthy goal. Cool. I don't know too much about this pack. I know that there's a card that we got to announce to the community and I think the numbering is going to be a bit weird. Just from when I was looking at the numbers of cards, it, maybe we'll only get one rogue or seeker card. But I don't know if you've even... Have you even looked that far? Do you even care about what cards have been officially announced? Um, I, I look at all of the official FFG articles, and pretty much the only thing I look at are the, <laughs> the previewed player cards. I, I'm not the kind of player who kind of looks at card counts and tries to figure out, like, oh, okay, we've got, you know, three Mystic cards in the prior pack. The rest of the cycle needs X number of Mystic cards, so that means... Yeah, you know, this pack's gonna probably have two Mystic cards. I uh, that's that's beyond my ability to, to conjecture. You're not a nerd like me, basically. Well, yeah, I, so... I express my nerdness in in other ways. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, yeah. So custom ammunition, which we got to announce, gave us another number. So I sat down and looked at the numbers, and it looks like it's going to be like either a lot of Mystic and Survivor cards or something weird. So. I reckon let's, right. let's dive in. We're going to do a similar format that we did with Peter. So I'm going to read the first three cards and you get to give me your, your Sean hot take for each one and we can talk about them a bit and then you'll take over the reading and we'll, we'll alternate a bit like that. Okay, are you ready? Let's do it. And the first card is Intrepid and that is definitely Roland Banks, right? Look at that. Um, So this is the Guardian Skill, 0 XP, 1 Willpower Icon. It's innate traited, which means Silas can take it. If this skill test is successful, add Intrepid to your play area as an asset with the text. You get plus 1 Intellect, plus 1 Combat, and plus 1 Agility. Forced, at the end of the round, discard Intrepid. Wow. Wow. So every time I think Matt has kind of... hit the point where he's he's introduced a new weird mechanic like i'm like all right this is going to be a thing but there's just so many little mechanics that he just drops in it's not fleshed out it's probably going to be the only card that does something like this but here it is it doesn't even have a trait no that would be the the skills that turn into assets trait it's just innate yeah okay so i i think what you hope for this is you hit a willpower test in the mythos phase and then you get boosts to everything else the rest of the turn right like that's that's best yeah. case scenario for this. You hit that willpower, and then this is in play for all three or more of your actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. Mm. for sure. And in Guardian, like Roland, Mark, they only have willpower three, so you still have to pass that Mythos willpower test. This gives you a plus one for that, but it's not. 
It's not amazing, but my head immediately went to like comboing this with Inquiring Mind and giving yourself a nice plus four and then you're set up for the turn. Sure. Which is kind of nice. And then the other people who do willpower tests are mystics. So if we ever see a mystic guardian, Mm. maybe they like this. Yeah, I I I really like this in Silas. I've been playing a lot of Silas lately. He can mm-hmm. take this. And yeah. I, I will tell you guys, if you guys haven't had a chance to play with Silas, when you pull the Elder Sign with Silas, it is just, it's a party. Because then you look through your discard pile and you're like, all right, do I, do I recommit resourceful to this and fill my hand up? Do I, you know, commit a Guts or an Overpower and draw a card? If this is sitting in my discard pile and I'm able to commit it, during the Mythos phase, on an Elder Sign, which is going to autom- pretty much automatically succeed most willpower tests, like, then I'm set up for the rest of the round with uh, with a couple of boosted stats, so... Oh, I and like I it. was just nodding along to everything you just said then, and then I had a terrifying thought Uh-oh. about Silas, because I love Silas as well, and like committing a Eureka from your discard pile, mm. getting it back in your hand, and looking through the top three cards of your deck for a card is amazing, but... Mm-hmm. Silas's Elder Sign says, after this test is successful, return the committed skill card to your hand. Oh. Would it work with this? What What would... No, I think, I have no idea. I think you're exactly right, because it says after, right? Because this says, if yeah. the skill test is successful, which... And I, I am not the rules parser of, of my playgroup, but to the best of my knowledge... If the skill test is successful, is like a when effect, so it yeah. hits... Yeah, triggers on success. Yeah. All right, well, that's a non okay. Would have been cool, though. What a shame. Yeah, that would have been really nice. I think this is like a nice, slightly win more card in that if you're about to be in a big fight as a Guardian and that Mythos phase before the turn where you're going to wail on the boss, mm-hmm. if you get hit by a treachery that has willpower tests on it, you can sling this in and get a boost for the rest of the turn. And the ideal, you'd be getting a boost of plus, plus one for three tests, and that's... That's okay. It's like a nice-ish card. I look forward to the deck that makes it sing. And I can't remember how this works with skill cards, but if Roland chucks this to, like, Agnes's test during the Mythos phase, does Roland get to put it into his play area if she succeeds, or would it go into Agnes's play area? This would go into Roland's play area. Okay, so there's, there's that. Because it doesn't specify the... Yeah. It's it's like a, a Guts. If this, is, if this skill test is successful, draw a card. Yeah, you, okay. You don't... The person you've committed it to doesn't get the card. You get the card. All right, fair enough. Well, there's that then. It's interesting. Hey, okay, wow, hey, hey, interesting. No, you've made a really good point there. In multiplayer, when you're teamed up with a mystic, if they go before you and they're shriveling away with their really high willpower, this is the ideal card that you're chucking in on their turn Mm -hmm. to set you up for your turn. Yeah. Which is nice. I dig it. I'm going to have to play around with it. This is one of those ones where it's, it seems like there's promise, but it also seems like it could fall on its face. Let's move on. The next card is very familiar to me. It's Custom Ammunition. This is a three-cost Guardian event, and it has three XP, so it's quite expensive. Combat and Agility icons. Upgrade, Supply, and Blessed traded. Fast, play only during your turn. Attached to a Firearm asset controlled by an investigator at your location. Place two ammo on that asset. Limit one per asset. Attacks performed by attached asset deal plus one damage against monster enemies. You want me to bless what? (laughs) Possibly best flavor text in the game thus far. (laughs) Very strong. Uh, I don't know what I can say about this that you guys haven't already said. It's it's kind of a cool one-up on extra ammo. 
if you've mm-hmm. got a shotgun, a lightning gun, I, I mean, I might even throw this on a level 245, I suppose. As long as you've got monsters to kill, this seems just like a no-brainer. Yeah, I've been playing quite a lot of stick to the plan in various Guardians, and I actually like, because you have to put three different cards on stick to the plan, mm-hmm. I quite like doing one extra ammunition, and then I've been looking forward to this, so I could do one extra ammunition, one custom ammunition. Because if you get two extra ammunition, you can only put one on stick to the plan. So having like a little toolbox of different ammo cards will be nice. I see this being a favorite in standalone too, because in campaign mode, it can oh, take yeah. quite a while to build into kind of that deck that really goes hard on a single weapon. But in standalone, <laughs> yeah. that's the thing. Yeah, I was just playing Lightning Gun Leo in Labyrinths at the weekend. Exactly mm. that. It's like mm-hmm. 29 XP, get my Lightning Guns, ready to go. Yep. So, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, that's a very easy one to do. And we'll move straight on, shall we? We shall. Okay, this is my, my third and final card to read for this, this batch. This is the first Seeker card. No level zero Seeker card. Okay. This is Otherworldly Compass. Oh, looks <laughs> amazing. <laughs> uh, it's a two-cost asset, two XP, with two intellect icons. We've seen quite a lot of two intellect icon Seeker cards this cycle. It's item and relic traded. It takes up a hand slot, and it has a single action Exhaust Otherworldly Compass, Investigate, your location gets minus X Shroud for this investigation, X is the number of revealed locations connected to your location. It always points where you don't want to go. (laughs) Okay. Wow, okay. Okay. So, immediately you want to compare this to, like, your flashlight, your magnifying glass. Mm -hmm. Which are really interesting comparisons because your your flashlights have supplies, but it's probably going to give you a more consistent shroud. Plus, you can use it more than once per turn. Your magnifying glass gives you a static boost, but it's just a little plus one. Whereas mm-hmm. this sits here. I feel like most maps, I feel like most locations connect to at least two other locations. It's rare that you have... It, it, it happens, but it's rare that you have yeah. just a little one offshoot, right? So, I think pretty consistently you're going to get minus two out of this and... Quite often more than that. I think anyone who cares about succeeding by a lot, Rex or someone who's who's using the Guiding Stones, mm. this is going to be an yeah. awesome card. Going into that high shroud location that's somewhere central and dropping the shroud, shroud by a bunch and then hoovering up clues is, yeah, really nice. Really cool. This is, this is really interesting. I mean, would you pay 2 XP for a kind of repeatable flashlight? Uh, I said interesting then, didn't I? Yeah, it's <laughs> like it's it's genuinely intriguing though that would who would most seekers can normally smash high shroud tests anyway. They're kind of built to do it. So this suggests to me that we're going to go and see some really insane shrouded locations, mm. and the only way to deal with them is going to be means like this. And we've seen announced for later in the cycle things like skeleton key that sets the shroud to one. So, yeah, I'm a little bit nervous about what Shroud is coming up. <laughs> if you're going to need, yeah, reductions of three or four, or things like that. Yeah, yeah, I see this I see this particularly. I, I don't know that most investigators are going to take this just as a general investigation clue, because I think you can get there more, or less expensively, I suppose. Uh, yeah. But your your wrecks, your guiding stones, there's, there's one more effect I can't think of. Oh, yeah, level two deduction. If you've got cards in your deck that really want you to hit a high test by a lot, yeah. then I feel like this is where that goes. 
Yeah, I, I can't help but think as well that we know that Matt has been looking at Rex and been looking at higher education as sort of powerful cards. As have so, we all. Yeah, as have we all, exactly. So if there's something that either hits permanent assets to punish them or that, that hits Rex, this will be this will probably become stronger as a useful, reliable way of getting clues. But at the moment, if you want to get lots of clues, you just play Rex and smash all your tests. Mm -hmm. Imagine this in Midnight Masks. Every location in that has at least two connections, apart from the The graveyard. graveyard. You could just be cruising around making some locations seem really trivial. Which is quite nice. I do like the idea that this is going to add just another like five seconds to every test you use this on, where it's like, okay, count here, here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And pro tip probably don't use this in Carnival or Essex County Express. Yeah, great tip. And we should probably just mention it's a relic. So mm. Ursula likes it, Ellie can find it and hold it on her so it doesn't take up the hand, sh- hand slot. And I think the other, the other kicker is that. It would be particularly useful for someone like Ursula, who's moving around a lot and revealing a lot of locations. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you're if you're in a place with five connected locations but none of them are revealed, this doesn't do anything for you. Yep. So you've got to get that mobility in there as well. Turns out seekers have good mobility. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? All right. So I think this one's me. Yeah. Oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> we're we're going to we're going to we're going to talk meta after we talk about this card, but let's talk about the card first. So yeah. we have a seeker event. It's a level 3 zero cost. It's exposed weakness level 3, guys. It has intellect, combat, and a wild icon. Still insight traded. Fast. Play during any free action player window. Choose an enemy at your location. Test intellect X, where X is that enemy's fight value. If you succeed, Treat that enemy's fight value as if it were zero for the next attack performed against it this phase. Draw one card. Ooh, okay. So a couple things to point out. <laughs> yeah. The obvious one. Treating it as zero means that uh, that test is succeeding unless you pull the tentacle. Yeah. And the way this is worded, period, draw one card. That means you don't have mm-hmm. to hit that intellect test in order to draw the card. This is a straight up cantrip. Even if you miss that intellect test, it at least replaces itself. For no actions, mm-hmm. no cost, and three XP. Mm-hmm. So we have had an exposed weakness already. This is a great memory test, and I should be talking about this card, so I'll, I'll jump in. The difference is the two combat icons have become a combat and a wild, and exactly as you just said, that if you succeed, the, the original exposed weakness was for each point you succeed by, you reduce the enemy's fight value by one for the next attack, and this is just... You can you can succeed by zero and you drop the drop the fight to zero, which one of the problems with exposed weakness level one was that people felt like it was such a gamble to guarantee it succeeding by enough to make it worthwhile that you'd often just find people choosing to commit it for plus two combat rather than trying to pass an intellect test. Yeah. Now, I I think this one still suffers from the main problem I had with Exposed Weakness. Like, I can deal with the fact that that test is a little bit iffy because it's Arkham. You just kind of have to swallow that. The Mm -hmm. problem I had with level one? Yeah. Level level one is the original? Level one Exposed Weakness is that it it only affects the enemy on the next single fight check, right? Yeah. Which I think really makes it a, a marginal card for Seeker because Seeker outside of what i've got a plan just doesn't have a whole lot by way of damage increase to really take advantage of one good fight test Mm. 
So I feel like this is way more, uh, if it's anything, it's a multiplayer card where the Seeker sets, you know, sets up Silas for a shotgun blast or something like that. Absolutely, yeah. I think it, to me, it's almost archetypical is, is too strong a word, but it, it is such a strong multiplayer card. And like, unless you're playing Roland and have a way of boosting your intellect enough to make it worthwhile for, like, solo, I don't see it really being used much at all. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, at the Labyrinths events I've run, I've seen Exposed Weakness quite a lot. And given that when it came out, it was kind of panned in the community for various different reasons. Seeing players in the wild, people like Exposed Weakness. It's like that nice, you've got one XP left because you're building a 19 XP deck and you're the dedicated clue getter in your group and you sort of don't know what everyone else is going to be playing. So you just chuck in Exposed Weakness. I've seen it used, which is really interesting. Um not interesting. It's fascinating. There we go. <laughs> now, actually, it's interesting just, in a different way. I yeah. just noticed the distinct absence of something too, and I can't remember if level one exposed weakness was this way. This can hit an elite enemy. Yeah, which is a thing. Level one is the same. Yeah. So you guys were talking about then it multiplied last time. Mm. Oh, but they're immune to player card. Effects. Ah, there it yeah. is. See, I see. was. I'm glad you said that. That my thought went there as well. Yeah. Because the level one came out in Undimensioned and Unseen. I'm I'm over two on crazy tech today. We gotta we gotta we gotta step it up. Yeah, <laughs> wishful thinking. But <laughs> but no, there there are other there are other beefy enemies. You know, you think about Haster and Dim Carcosa. Mm-hmm. He he is just getting stronger and stronger as the scenario goes on, and having something like this to to set up that shotgun blast or whatever it is you're trying to do, depending on the route you're playing, could be amazing. I must try this one. I feel like I might slide yeah. a cheeky expose weakness into Daisy for for Arkham Knights this year, and uh, and just see how it rolls. That would be nice, yeah. I think this is a nice eidetic memory target as well, mm. because you maybe only run one, and then if you have eidetic memory in hand, you're kind of trying to decide which insight you need, and maybe someone's going, "Oh my goodness, this enemy is massive. What am I supposed to do with it? It's so hard to fight." And you go, "Don't worry, I've got you covered." I got you, yeah. fam. Cool. Okay. Mm. Okay, so now the meta thing. I love that the the level system, the upgrade system in this game allows Matt to go, oh, you guys didn't like level one exposed weakness? All right, let's take another crack at it. Mm, Throw a couple yeah. more XP on there. And now here we are. We've talked about it for like 10 minutes. So Yeah, and same with Barricade. Yeah. Exactly the same with Barricade. Does the things that we complain that a card doesn't do, he can either make it do that or give us a different option. It's great. <laughs> All right, now... If we're moving on to this next card, we got to go no nonsense for Lola Santiago, <laughs> who is a level three rogue asset. She is an ally and wayfarer. She has two intellect icons. Costs three. I'm all over the place on on the template here, but I think you yeah, guys just are start wherever you like. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Then her game text is: you get plus one intellect and plus one agility. Free action. Exhaust Lola Santiago and spend X resources. Discover one clue at your location. X is the shroud value of your location. And then she's two health, two sanity, and of course takes up the ally slot. My line of work encounters a lot of so-called curses. It's a topic I would rather not discuss. Because it would be nonsense to discuss curses, of course. Mm, Yeah. Do you think she's cleaning a Chthonian stone or something? She seems like she's sort of... There's definitely like some creepy eye cluster in the corner of the art there that's that's making me a little uneasy. Mm, Yeah, I didn't even notice that. Some blobs. So we've known about Lola for quite a long time. She was in the announcement for this pack, I think. And 
I'm really excited to try her, basically. A three-cost ally that gives you two static boosts. This is Peter Sylvester territory. And then the ability to just buy clues is bonkers. (laughs) (laughs) To say the least. Yeah. What do you think? I think she's fantastic. It's kind of crazy how many how far Rogue has come for investigation and clue-gathering options since the core set. Mm -hmm. I feel like they're probably... They might be number two behind Seeker as far as, like, clue acquisition goes, unless you you really want to get crazy and start discussing all the min-maxing options that Mystic has, but... Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. They've even from the corset days, they had a lot of intellect icons on their cards. Like even um, on the lamb, mm-hmm. is it's intellect, agility, and two wild, and it's, people don't think of Skids as a good clue getting investigator. But there's that hint even baked into him that intellect is a thing that rogues can do. But it's taken a while for that to really come good, mm-hmm. and now it is starting to come good and. They seem to be getting quite a lot of support now for clues, which is just great. Yeah, I mean, rogues can just carry their weight now. I don't think they're they're much by way of team players, but you just have a, a rogue who can just be off in the corner getting clues and dealing with monsters without needing any help. That's that's definitely a thing I've noticed. Mm, yeah, if that rogue is also running Lone Wolf then, because they're just wandering around by themselves, mm-hmm. it just means paying for those clues becomes so easy. Like... It's okay, so it's so crazy. It's a free action. Yeah. Like Skids, his ability, you can pay, I mean, Skids currency, his exchange rate is two resources for an action, right? So, on top of that, if, if you're kind of comparing that to Skids, you also get, for, for whatever you're paying over two resources to hit the shroud value, you're also getting a free clue out of it. It's, yeah, she's insanely good. Really good. I mean,. A, a three-cost ally that gives you two static boosts, I'm already interested. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's good. I think for the people that can take Lola Santiago, there are a lot of really good fits there. So it fits well with Skids, fits well with Jenny, fits well with Finn. Like, fits well with Lola, all... oddly enough. <laughs> yeah, it does fit well with Lola. So that's all like lovely anyway, but then they can also generate lots of resources pretty easily. And she helps them generate resources by allowing burglary to happen more easily or allowing them to cope more on their own so Lone Wolf kicks in. And then you can turn those resources into clues. Like, How many times have you been burnt in a scenario playing a rogue where you're like, right, I'm going to get this last clue here and move on and all will be well. So you evade the enemy that's on you, you try and grab the clue and you fail the test. And this way you can evade the enemy, just spend some resources and move on. It gives you more time to get more resources to feed into doing this, which is just, just immense. Just reinforcing immense. the, the pay-to-win archetype, which, <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, the, yeah. the more times you can sidestep the chaos bag in a, in a scenario, I feel like you're, you're going to be better off. Yeah. I, yeah. She's going to be amazing in hard and expert. Just Yeah, and I think amazing in solo as well, because mm-hmm. she, she leans into an offensive and a defensive stat, and yeah, you go into that. Think about in, well, you can't, you can't use her in Curtain Call, but think about where you have a five shroud location that has a victory point. And in solo, you might be like, no, I'm not tech to get it. I just need to get the clues I need to advance. Yeah. And with her, you're like, okay, I'll, you know, maybe you're rolling in resources. You're Jenny. Pay five, fine, victory point. That seems a good exchange to me. <laughs> yeah. I'll throw it out there. Just, just first blush, I think she might be one of the most powerful allies released. Top three, I'm going to say. Okay. Yeah. I, I won't, I won't counter that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, uh, so I've lost track. Is the next one mine as well? Next one is yours, yeah. Oh, thank Haha, <laughs> now we're getting into purple cards, guys. I'm excited. Yeah, so just one road card. Oh, yeah. Okay, see, see, I, didn't, I did not even process that. One road card. Yeah. But hey, if it's going to be one, Lola's a good one to go with. Fascinating. Okay, so our next card is, as advertised, purple. It is Olive McBride, and we've we've seen her previewed, of course, and she'll try anything once. She's uh, level zero, two-cost asset, has a willpower icon. She is ally and witch-traded. Mm-hmm. Reaction. When you would reveal a chaos token, exhaust Olive McBride, reveal three chaos tokens instead of one. Choose two of those tokens to resolve and ignore the other. You must invest yourself in every spell. Sometimes, literally. Uh, and then she has one health, three sanity, and takes up the ally slot. Oh my goodness, this blood all over her hand. That flavor text <laughs> made me go to look back. I've always just looked at the kind of green book, but she's actually like got blood on her hands and is holding an ornate dagger. Well, this is the other half of the Arcane Initiate art. Like she, <laughs> She's sitting in the other corner of the room, right? <laughs> Crying, yeah. And Olive is at the other side. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So I watched in, in kind of the, the Discord when she was previewed people mathing this out mm, and melting down yeah and I, i'm not entirely a math person i got through college level statistics and it took me all of like 30 seconds before my eyes crossed <laughs> yeah it seems on first blush like a very simple ability you, you exhaust her you get to get three tokens so one more than grotesque statue allows you but you have to reveal two of them. So how that works is if you draw a minus one, a zero, and a minus two, you would pick two of those to resolve and you'd combine the negatives. So I would take the minus one and the zero and my combined score would be zero. But where that obviously starts to become much more powerful is if one of the three tokens you pull is the tentacle token, you can ignore it. So you will never fail because of tentacles as long as you can get your your skill value high enough to not worry about it. So that's so far so good. But where it gets complicated is if you draw a tentacle, a minus two and a minus three, unless you're five above the score, you're kind of burning yourself out anyway because you're giving yourself a minus five or a tentacle, which is sort of dreadful. And it could be worse than that. It could be a minus four, skulls could be minus threes and something else. You know, the, the combination of tokens that you can end up getting could completely burn you, which is very mystic, isn't it? To it, it sure still is. still go for it anyway. I love everything about this. So you, you kind of expose yourself probably to a higher negative value, right? But you also give yourself an out against those terrible bad stuff tokens, right? So say the Elder <laughs> Thing is... I'm trying to think of a bad Elder Thing from a scenario. They're out there. What Elder Thing in uh, the Untamed Wilds is minus two, or if you're poisoned, it's an auto-fail. There it is. Yeah. So say you're poisoned and you're just you're there's one or two tokens you're trying to avoid like the plague and you don't mind occasionally failing a test to avoid it. Like this is so good. And then mm. on top of that, you're playing someone like Jim or Mateo, any basically anyone who's playing around with tokens. Mm. You know, Jim's going to pull more skulls and again just pulling two from the bag and resolving two is less of a hit when you know, three tokens in the bag are zeros. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I don't know how quickly we're going to get development of this, but I, I feel it that we are. Things like Hypnotic Gaze. The more things we... Uh, hypnotic Gaze and Jewel of Aureolus, that, that's the other one. The more things we get that give you a benefit for pulling a bad stuff token or a specific mm-hmm. token, 
this card just is amazing. Yeah, the, the other one that I always forget is Song of the Dead. Oh, yes. Fishing for that skull to turn it from a one damage to a three damage attack mm-hmm. is really useful. Yeah, what you've just outlined is exactly why people's brains, I think, have melted about this card. <laughs> that in isolation, it's all right. But as soon as you combine it with all the other mystic shenanigans that we've seen really heavily in the Forgotten Age being explored, being lent into, it gets quite complicated. There is one rules question already about this, which is if you're Mateo and you draw the auto-fail and Elder Sign, which for Mateo is an auto-success, and another token that you don't want to resolve, so you choose to resolve auto-fail and auto-success, Matt's already ruled that auto-fail wins. So as it does, <laughs> just worth knowing that even if you have an auto success, you still fail. At that point, you just pop his ability and resolve two elder signs, though, right? And that's then insane. <laughs> like, take two more actions. Okay, yeah. Or two cards and two resources. Mm. The other complication with this is you you can nest this with other <laughs> revealing token effects. So you could be about to draw a token. Exhaust Olive, so you're going to draw three, and then use a Grotesque Statue Charge for each one, and draw three pairs, so yeah, two, 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 and choose one of each of those twos to resolve, and then get rid of one of the three that you chose and resolve the final two. So you can you can see a, a considerable portion of the bag to try and control what you, what you draw or don't draw, if you're fishing for skulls, or if you're just fishing for a kind of a Hail Mary where you can get a zero and a plus one and, and luck out. That's possible. My goodness. Mystic has just the best silliness in the game. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I should just say as well, uh, Man from Leng, the Whisper in Darkness channel, mm-hmm. he's been doing really good diving into the maths and the probabilities around all the ceiling stuff. And when he did Recall the Future on his Boundary Beyond review, he did a decent section on it. And I just I feel so sorry for him already that he's now got olive to also lean into and try start working out whether or not it it's a, a good gamble so yeah good luck with that Cameron. i feel like her her little subtitle is is tells you everything you need to know like even if you're skeptical on this card <laughs> you have to try it once at least once yeah and she's level zero as well so you know it's worth it's worth a punt Two no cost, cost of entry great value yeah put it down nice to have a horror soak for mystics they can generate a lot of horror yeah mm-hmm. all of that is is nice Okay, I'm I'm taking over the reading, and wow, we're uh, carrying on. Peter, where are you? Your favorite card. Somewhere Peter is squeeing like a fangirl. <laughs> yeah. Under his duvet, poor chap. <laughs> yeah, this is Defiance. Defiance level two, though. It still has a wild icon. I hope, yeah, Defiance has a wild icon. Mm. It's innate, and it's now developed in the classic way that skills develop. Flavor is still no. Oh, they should have changed the flavor to still no. That would have been really good. Okay. Ignore the effects of all skull, cultist, tablet, and elder thing symbols during this test, including their modifiers. The defiance level zero, this is such a good memory test, is you name a token, don't you? You pick one, yep. Okay. This is you just chuck it in. No more choosing. Mm-hmm. And with Olive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, defiance level two, no harder. This is exactly what we're talking about. You go in with Olive, you you pull a minus one and a tablet, and you've committed this. It's like, all right, well, there, there are my tokens. I pass now. Yeah. As you expose yourself to more bad stuff tokens, this becomes more and more useful because you can just cover it. Defiance level zero, I like. 
but it is a hard card to use. It's great in Carcosa when you can name Skull and know what you're doing, but it also can be a bit of a dud. Yeah. If you're I... hoping for it to save the day, you know, it ends up just being a nice enough plus one. Mm-hmm. It's one of those cards I appreciate, but I'm I'm not a good enough player to really get the most out of it. So I usually end up cutting it from for most of my decks. But I will tell you, it's nary a mystic deck that I throw together that doesn't have this in the initial in the initial go. Yeah. And I can't wait till we get this investigator. This guy is really cool. Is that Xavier? That last time. He just shaved his head? No. Those are monastic robes, right? That's the yeah, feel yeah, I'm getting yeah. from it. And he has an elder sign carved into his hand. Mm-hmm. He's pretty rad. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, we'll bring it back now. Rex, or not Rex, uh, Silas can take this card. And yeah. this does work with his Elder Sign ability. <laughs> mm, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good. Just, he likes the steady plus ones. Like, with Silas's ability as well, chucking it in as with your perception or whatever else it is. And mm-hmm. then if you draw tablet or something that's blowing out your test... You keep this in and it saves the day. And if you don't draw one of the special symbols, you mm. just pull it back to hand. Mm-hmm. Mm. Really good. Yeah. All right. My Silas cred is intact. Okay. Matt really messing with us because this is now another level zero mystic card. Oh my the God, order this... is all over the place. This, unless my cards are just printed in. No, no, no they're no. not. Same for this me. This is premonition, but surely that will come before. Oh, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> zero cost event. Oh my God. I thought that was just a man's armor in the background, but it's actually like a many-eyed creature. Oh, my word. Okay, this is a zero-cost event with intellect and agility icons. Premonition. So it's augury-traded. Fast. Play during any squiggly player window. Put premonition into play. Reveal a random chaos token from the chaos bag and seal it on premonition. Forced, when a chaos token would be revealed from the chaos bag, resolve the token sealed here as if it were just revealed from the chaos bag. Instead, then discard premonition. Oh my god, you guys, I have been asking for this exact card since the core set. Oh, I'm so excited! What's so good about it? Okay, so this this plays into exactly what we were talking about with Olive. So anything that requires you to get a specific token. I mean, this... So we've got Olive that, that combos with it. If you're trying to grab a specific token, like you mentioned, you can Olive into Grotesque Statue and see like nine different tokens. Or wait, what would that be? Six? Yeah, yeah. six different yeah, tokens yeah. to try to grab what you're looking for. Like chances are, if you're trying to get a cool trigger off of Hypnotic Gaze or anything else we get that, that triggers off that, this is just such a cool way to set it up. What, how does it work with Olive then that you choose, you you put Premonition into pay for zero, you then have to reveal a token. You tap Olive and you reveal three tokens and you choose two of them to resolve and ignore the other. Oh, wait, does, does that, that mean you, mean you put seal two, two? Of them on there? Rules question. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. I'm, I'm going to assume that the intent is you still pick one. Yeah. Well, I guess if the intent with Olive is that if you then see auto fail minus three, minus four, you end up either with a minus seven or an auto fail. So using this as a way of dodging that would be pretty nifty. Maybe it is the intent. I don't, I'm not sure. Hmm. Okay, that makes sense though. Grotesque statue the same. You reduce the randomness of what you end up sealing on Premonition because you actually see multiple tokens and you get to pick the one. If you want to use Dark Prophecy to go and find a skull yep. to seal it on this, C5 instead of one, nice. 
And, you know, even even yeah. weird symbol manipulation aside, you grab out a minus one or a minus two, like a, a really vanilla but surmountable chaos token, and then you just mm. you keep it here for a rainy day. One of the fascinating things about Recall the Future is that it doesn't give you the boosts that the other talents in Boundary Beyond give you, because it's a bit of a gamble. You have to guess the right token. And so mystics have this weird thing where everyone else knows what kind of boost they're getting and mystics are gambling. <laughs> but then with a card like this, you're like, hmm, I'll play Premonition. Oh, I've got a minus three. I will name minus three and I will take this test. And that minus three gives me a plus two suddenly. So it's only a minus one. The ability then to plan ahead and choose what you commit is great. Imagine as well, if you randomly get the auto fail, <laughs> then you can choose to do something like an investigate at your location if you're able to and you won't commit anything to it because you know that you're going to get autofail next and that would get rid of it because you have to use that token on the next yep. test don't you yeah so i guess i guess the exact card i was looking for that is, that is a very good point would let you keep the token there for a later time but there would have mm. to be a lot more restrictions placed on it for that card to be anywhere near balanced yeah, it's that's like Mateo's signature, isn't it? You mm -hmm. seal the Elder Sign until you need it. The other thing is that the, the forced effect is just when a Chaos token would be revealed. So you could even pop this during someone else's turn, and they then know what they need to go for. You know, if maybe there's a, a double or nothing play coming up or something like that to, to go, okay, great, it's a minus two. Yes. Go for it. You can, you can beat that target. It's really nice that it sort of reduces the need for yeah the the crazy over committing to make those mad plays land same with shotgun as well nice yep. shotgun tech i think that's ultimately what this is this is the card in the game that lets you pull a chaos token before you run the test that's yeah i mean yeah. that's kind of as simple as it gets yeah love it with trying to there's going to be people who steal a token and then try and do as many testless things as they can mm -hmm. until they can make the token play off it's nice it's it's, it's really cool mm-hmm Awesome. I've got one more to read, I think. Yeah. This is our first survivor card. Wow. Triple Mystic. Live and learn. <laughs> this is a zero cost event with a wild icon, a book with blood on it and empty shell casings. It's spirit traded. So Calvin can take it, but he could take it anyway. Fast. Play after a skill test you failed ends after resolving all effects from the failed, failed test. And that italic text is just note to, to give you more information, which is actually really good of Matt to put that in there because after and if get confusing. Attempt that test again. You get plus two skill value for this test. Okay. Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, fascinating. Definitely more than interesting. That's, that's really cool. Does this occupy uh, the same spot as Lucky, though? Kind of? Yeah, because Lucky can't save you from a tentacle. There's a lot of stuff that interacts with tentacles in this pack, isn't there? Yeah. Or or mitigates some of the punishment of that. Yeah, Lucky, you, you want to be too below, so maybe you undercommit for the test, but you can still get blown out by nasty tokens. And this, you can almost take a speculative test, and if all goes wrong, get a, get a retry, mm -hmm. which is quite nice. At I like it. Yeah, at a, at a boost. I, I like it as that contingency for say killing off a tough enemy where you're playing as Yorick and you get a couple of swings at it you don't really want to take that final hit from it in the enemy phase and then the last test you you mess up and fail you have this in 
in your I mean zero cost so it can just be sitting there ready to go does this require okay so say I'm firing at an enemy say I'm Yorick and I'm I'm firing a 45 at an enemy does it require you to spend a second ammo, or do you just literally draw another token and get plus two? Does attempting the test mean you pay all of the non-actiony costs? Uh, I don't know. Hmm. I don't. My my assumption would be that you know it's it's not a rewind, so you don't get all the cards you committed back and things right. like that. Uh, my assumption is, is just that you retake the test. Hmm. That's good. I mean, just just saving ammo alone for for someone yeah. who's setting yeah. to kill monsters is pretty solid. If that is indeed how it works. Yeah, again, I'd have to check. But it's almost Wendy's ability, isn't it? It's a card for a redraw, but this one gives you plus two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, throw this in, Wendy, and she just becomes the mitigation queen. Which yeah, already is, yeah but... you have have this sitting top event in your deck as well to, to play with her amulet. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. That's my three. You're right. up next. Well, take heart, Frank. <laughs> I shall. <laughs> because the next card is a level zero survivor skill, take heart. Oddly enough, has no skill icons. <laughs> I was which, just lingering on exactly that. Which, I will say, is interesting. Uh, it's, in, <laughs> it's innate traded, max one committed per skill test. You may commit take heart to any type of test. Okay, so that's how we get around that. If this test fails... What? The performing investigator draws two cards and gains two resources. Well, that seems pretty survivory. With premonition, where you've ended up with the auto fail sealed, you're like, "Oh, we need to just find a test that doesn't matter to take because we're going to fail it anyway." Mm. Or maybe you're going to get two cards and two resources, which is what you get from Stand Together, which is a three XP Guardian card. It gives the same amount to investigators, and this is level zero. Well, hell, let's go with the the low hanging fruit. Combine this with Live and Learn. You intentionally fail that first test and then immediately get to take it again at plus two with two more cards and two more resources so good and i mean straight up as well calvin in the early game yes you're gonna blunder your way through a lot of tests early on it's like oh let's turn those tests into cards and resources early on i I feel like this goes in calvin straight away really nice it's sort of lame when you're getting towards the end and you want to pass everything <laughs> i guess it's also a little bit disappointing if you commit it to a test and pass right true nice nice silas tech to yeah, keep putting it back more yeah. silas tech yeah huh do you would you even as wendy use a redraw to try and fail a test <laughs> maybe you'd yeah. still be getting a card and two resources out of it Mm-hmm. fascinating wicked card like the the design space is just great as well. Imagine all those times as well in, say, uh, in multiplayer when you're playing as standalone scenario at Gen Con or places like you've been where early on someone gets hit by a test that they're just not prepared for in the encounter phase. And if you have someone with this in their deck, even, hey, Min gives this a wild icon. Yeah, but you ch- you chuck this in and it, it just turns that inevitable smash that they're about to have into an amazing windfall. Lovely. <laughs> it's so interesting because, yeah, I think you're right. I think one of the other uses for it, like even in the late game, there are times where you just you pull an encounter card and you're like, oh, well, I'm failing this test. So here we go. Yeah. You don't commit anything. But you take heart. You just immediately chuck your hand into the bag. Okay, fine. Let's just do this. Yeah, I'm losing. I'm taking this much damage. I don't care. Let's go. It's like, oh, and you could draw two cards and gain two resources for your troubles. Okay. 
Okay, so Against All Odds is our next card. It's a level 2 survivor event, 2 cost, has 1 willpower, 1 combat, and 1 agility icon. It is spirit traded, fast, play when you perform a skill test with a difficulty higher than your base skill value. Calvin, anyone? Mm -hmm. Uh, Reveal X additional chaos tokens for this skill test. Choose one to resolve and ignore the rest. X is the difference between the test's difficulty and your base skill value. Calvin, Calvin, anyone? anyone? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This was the other card that was announced by FFG, and it Mm. feels like a solid Calvin choice. I like it for the... That moment, there's sometimes you can get a sticky point with Calvin where you've maybe taken three-ish damage or horror, and you don't want to suddenly get blown out by a rotting remains or something that's going to give you a packet of damage or horror that you can't really handle. But it's also maybe you've taken two-ish damage or horror, and you can't quite get to the boost where you feel confident, but you're also worried that it could end your game. And this is two cost for a chance to avoid the tentacle or just a chance to luck out and pass the test. Yeah. It's, it's good. Yeah, there is so much chaos token manipulation in this, mm, this pack. Mm-hmm. That seems to be heavily what this pack is about. Yeah, no doubt. Ideally, most of the time you're going to pull two to four extra tokens. Yeah. Right? Which isn't bad. Yeah, I feel like this is a solid one of in an investigator who has a weakness in a stat. Yeah. And that's the other sort of hidden strength of this card particularly in solo, but it could be in multiplayer, where you get hit by something you can't handle early on. So I'm thinking in solo when you end up as Calvin, maybe with an enemy on you. And yes, you're going to use the enemy to build up your stats, but there then comes that point where you're like, ah, I actually need it to go away so that I can do other things. And you can use this to luck into that lucky Elder Sign pool or whatever it is to evade it or land some damage. Mm -hmm. That, That I think is really nice. As a one-off, yeah. Nice icons too. Lots of lots of flexibility. And if you're Agnes, you can combo this with grotesque statue and see even more more tokens. Mm. Yeah. Well, if you're anyone who can take practically any of the cards in this pack yes. from from the second half onwards, you can. Yeah. There's gonna be there's gonna be a subset of players who never reveal one token for a skill test. They're always fishing for multiples. Just they can pile in as much stuff into their investigator that does that. Also want to give a big plus one to the the reuse of the Eldritch Horror box art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. love I love the dude down in the train who's just super concerned but not really participating in anything. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty much my first contact with the Arkham Horror world, I guess, the Arkham Files world, but also, yeah, getting Eldritch Horror and loving this box art. And it seems so schlocky compared to some of the art now. Like, yeah. compare it to Intrepid or Take Heart. That's, like, so much better. But it's still, you know, still iconic in its way. <laughs> okay. Well, there's a couple of neutral cards as well. Ooh, look at that. Why don't you read one and I'll read the other? Sounds solid. Uh, so, Trenchcoat is a level zero neutral asset. Three cost, one agility icon. Item and clothing traded. Uh, for the the Taylor deck that uh, that will be developed later on, mm-hmm. you get plus one agility during evasion attempts. It has two health and takes up the body slot. Roland loosened his tie, tilted his hat, and turned up his coat collar. And when he was sure he looked respectably disreputable, he approached the door. Graham Davis, the Dirge of Reason, uh, which to my mind is the best of the novellas I've read thus far. I enjoyed I enjoyed it very much. Yeah, yeah. I think it was it. It's probably in my top two or three. So. Ironically, Roland is probably not doing evasion. No, Roland does not <laughs> nice. take this. Yeah, 
Who does take this? Who does? Wendy, maybe? Finn, maybe? Maybe. A three a three cost seems steep for this, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think uh who who's kind of in that like three to four region who could use a little bit of a boost and doesn't care about their body slot. Maybe Mark? Yeah, maybe Mark. He likes putting a damage on this. He gets a card from hmm. from damaging it. Maybe Jenny as well. Sure. She doesn't mind the cost. When you see cards like this, or when I see cards like this, I always feel nervous about what's to come in <laughs> terms of, you know, are we going to have to do lots of evading soon? Because suddenly there's a bit of very specific text. <laughs> uh, tech, rather. Soon? You played Forgotten Age, right? Yeah, well, exactly. So that <laughs> that's that's another point that this fits in really nicely for the start of Forgotten Age, where if you're trying to avoid vengeance, evasion is really important. You want the person who's going to spend three resources and a card slot for this wants to be evading fairly regularly. Mm-hmm. And even as I said that, I was like, well, and most survivors can take Peter Sylvester. So why not take that and get the agility bonus that way for the yep. same cost? Which, and yes, Finn can take kind of... Peter Sylvester. Hey, yeah, that's true. That's true. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe skids? I could see skids. I don't think skids is jumping jumping to grab that bandolier. Yeah, true, true. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's one. Ah, that three cost, I keep sticking on that three cost. That just seems so <laughs> expensive for what this is doing. I don't know. Apparently I have to try it. Yeah. Okay. And I will read you the last card, which is Ornate Bow. Ooh. Wow. Ornate Aztec Bow. This is a four cost asset takes up the double hand slot, and it's 3 XP. So this is pretty pricey. Uh, It has combat and agility icons. It's item, relic, weapon, and ranged traited. So finally we see the the ranged trait. Uses one ammo. Limit one ammo on ornate bow. (laughs) Action. Spend one ammo. Fight. This attack uses agility instead of combat. You get plus two agility and deal plus two damage for this attack. Plus two, plus two, which is massive. Action. You knock another arrow. Place one ammo on ornate bow. It's not flavor, but that is a flavor win that the action has a little description. Uh, flavor home run on this one. Holy cow. I don't know, though. I've seen I've seen some Lord of the Rings, and I've seen Legolas. I, I don't know if everyone else caught it, but he knocks two arrows. And, and <laughs> he fires them right a limit at that one. Yeah, yeah. But... I think uh, for everyone to whom the, the laws of reality actually applies, one arrow at a time is probably the norm. This seems really yeah. cool. I, I love this in every investigator who has low fight and high agility. Just full stop. Wendy? Wendy fighting at six with this? <laughs> six and two damage, or three damage. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a thing. Ni- nice in Finn as well. And nice in any investigator who is looking to boost their agility but maybe not leaning too much into backstabbing or sneak attacking or things like that. It's kind of kind of nice. It's also a weapon that seekers can take. Most seekers don't have higher agility than combat, but oh, this mean, in Ursula, Ursula, yeah, it, <laughs> it, 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 six, it, yeah, it's a relic. Oh yeah, it's a relic. Yes, yep. wow, Ellie can carry your ornate bow for you. <laughs> Ellie and Ursula are archery buddies. That's nice. That's really good. Now it's it's. Four costs, three XP, and takes two hand slots, which is not nothing. I mean, everyone, every investigator in the game can take this, so that's cool. Yeah. You kind of have to not care about your hand slots. Man, this on Ellie is just wait, insane. Wait, 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 wait a second. Not every investigator. Carolyn 
can't take it right <laughs> oh <laughs> right because it's a weapon <laughs> sorry like weird nerdy correction but <laughs> i don't know if she'd take it anyway if she could but yeah anyone else can take it that's too bad because with uh, a full power foolishness she could actually probably uh, take down some enemies with this bow <laughs> <laughs> yeah she she refuses so nice do we think that the range trait is going to be using agility instead of combat it would make sense to me. I was honestly a little bit surprised that they didn't go that way with firearms. Like, I get why they didn't, but it's cool to see see it used, because I, I, love, I love how well this game's card pool lets you do the same thing in potentially, like, six different ways. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree. Really, uh, I think that's just a, a fun, exciting card. I'm looking forward to, yeah, maybe Finn or, or Ursula, like Ursula Bow. She maybe doesn't have too much in her hands if she's not using a magnifying glass. Kind of nice. If you're playing with Lola as well, Lola Santiago, I mean. Mm-hmm. So you've got the you've got the agility boost anyway. Kind of cool. And you've got the extra action to knock that arrow because Lola saved you it. Yeah. 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 Oh, speaking of Lola, this is amazing in 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 Lola Haze because so often with Lola, if you get stuck with an enemy. You can be in the wrong role and and be scrambling a little bit. Oh yeah! But if you've nice. got this guy on the table, you can always fire your bow. That's true. Yeah, that's really nice. Love it. Lola could pull off some very interesting combos with it, probably as well, because she yeah. can chuckle sorts of different cards in. Uh, I also want to point out the the I love the art on this. So look at the the arrow rest of the bow. It's like a dude had his who was wearing a mask had his face split in half because the center is the skull. The oh, next, look. the next part is like a human face, and then the last part is the mask that the human's wearing. It's just, it's really good. It's really it's cool detail. Andreas Zafiratos art. He's always great. Hmm. I think Andreas is a guy. Smashing, really good card, yes. and yeah, flavor win for Forgotten Age as well. I can't wait to play through Dunwich and be shooting avian thralls with this <laughs> just <laughs> look what i brought from mexico suckers w- worth noting as well that this doesn't kill and it this does give you the minus three fight for avian thralls but it doesn't kill them in one shot oh yeah they're four so, health, aren't they? yeah so this is kind of annoying that you you're gonna have to wing it shoot them and then have to take an attack of opportunity to to reload or do something else hmm. oh you you here's what you do you hatchet man evade them to give you plus one damage for your next shot or hatchet man helps you zap him yeah oh no never mind i was gonna say you could throw in uh stunning blow but that that's a combat skill that's not an agility skill yeah 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 well hatchet man would only work if you evade them as well because you can only use it for an evasion so oh right Hmm. i think this was a a really fun smashing pack basically shame that there's only one rogue card but there are so many other very intriguing and quite difficult to get my head around cards. Hmm. I'm looking at you, tail end of the pack. <laughs> I think I think we had a rules question on every other card, so <laughs> some fun things happening. It wouldn't be Arkham. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I personally, good. I can deal with the rules questions because I love the fact that Matt's not afraid to just do silly things. Yeah, and he's he's great at then responding to rules questions as well. You know, it's we're in a good situation where he doesn't mind pushing the design space because he's also willing to respond to questions. Other games haven't been so lucky where they have wacky cards, but the designers won't clarify them. So, yeah, it's great. Well, 
Sean, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Uh, how can people get in touch with you if they want to congratulate you on your journey over to the dark side? <laughs> Uh, well, I'm around. If if you're on the Mythos Busters Discord, I'm I'm on there as Ataru Slash. Of course, if Drawn to the Flame does not sate your needs for Arkham Podcasting, you can find me on Mythos Busters Podcast. You can just Google that and you know, it'll take you straight to our site. Find it on any of your RSS aggregators or wherever your favorite podcasts are served. Nice. I can see you kind of tilting your head as you said that with the finger guns to the microphone. I winked at the microphone as I did it. Oh, Brilliant. You're a consummate <laughs> professional. And I think everyone knows how to get in touch with us, drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com and other places. Oh, I should mention, thank you for your competition entries if you've entered the competition so far. If you haven't yet, you just need to pick an investigator and a scenario that you think thematically go together and email those entries to drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. Keep them coming. They're really great so far. Thank you very much for listening. Three, two, one. Interesting. Perfect. Okay. All right. I, I dig. <laughs> Interesting. I dig. That's, that's staying in. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a lot cleaner than what we do. <laughs>